0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the Inkwell Gamers podcast. We finally finished up our set two review of all of the Rise of the Floodborne cards. And now from here on out, we're going to dive into the current meta, what decks were playing since set two came out, and then some of the spoilers that are upcoming for set three. And so the next few episodes, we're going to have a lot of fun.
1: Heck yeah, we're going to go over some tournaments. Hopefully we can find some around us to pee in as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what have we been up to since Set 2 came out?
1: Well, I think the most impactful thing for us is that we basically joined a new
0: LGS. Yeah, we did. We found somewhere that is a super cool atmosphere. It's actually in an old firehouse, which is pretty cool. But just meeting new people has been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, everyone there has been super nice and welcoming, and it's a relatively new game store. Right. Right, a couple years old, Mm -hmm. so that's probably why we haven't really known about it. Right. But yeah, the the owner's really cool, the members that go to our league are really cool, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's been fun.
0: Yeah, and it's actually in the city that we're planning on moving back to within the next year or two. We used to live there um, and now we want to move back. And so it'll be nice to have one that's close to where we're going to end up. So it's been really cool. And they, one thing that they're doing that I like is that they have league on both Saturdays and Sundays. So it provides some flexibility if you have something going on. Especially with this past month and all the holidays. It's It was crazy. So it's nice that if you have something going on on Saturday, you can go on Sunday or vice versa. So add some flexibility to us. but.
1: Yeah, and he seems like he really cares about his regulars as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. He so. definitely takes care of them. So, yeah. it's it's been nice. And another exciting thing, you got to experience yourself and that's opening an enchanted.
1: I did for the first time ever I got to open an enchanted. It is our third collectively. Dana opened the first two, luckily.
0: I got the Lucky Fingers first set, but set two is going to you.
1: Yeah, well, I still have only opened one. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cool one, though. Namari Enchanted is pretty awesome. Kind of the card was a little bit better. That would make it more exciting, but. Yeah. The the art is still sweet nonetheless.
0: Oh, for sure. I definitely went immediately online and ordered one of those extended art boxes Mm -hmm. like I did for the second one, and it's going to go right on our display of our board game shelf, so (laughs) it'll be fun. But so now that set two's been out, let's talk about some of the decks that we've been playing. All
1: right, so I'll go first. I think first and foremost, the deck that I've been playing the most has been you guessed it, Ruby Amethyst Bounce. This and it's one,
0: super annoying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's annoying, it's good, powerful. All the things that I I like in a deck, I am really just gravitating towards the Ruby Amethyst color combination or a little bit Amber Ruby as well, but I really like Amethyst Ruby. Mainly because there's really powerful draw options. There's really strong finishers, really great removal spells. Uh, So I think it's a really flexible color, and you can kind of do a lot with it. If you add Arthurs to your deck, you can Mm -hmm. be a lot more aggressive. If you don't have Arthurs in your deck, you could play cards like Maleficent and be a lot more controlling. Or you can be greedy like me and play both.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of funny because it is a full circle moment for you because you started off Ruby Amethyst with set one. Then you got kind of <clears throat> bored of the control meta because the mirror matches just drug out for too long. And here you are just finding your way back.
1: So, the thing I like about it now is that because Merlin Goat is a card, games actually end relatively quickly because <laughs> whether you're bouncing it or even if they be prepared, you're still going to get the lore from it, which is incredibly strong. Sometimes you can just burn people out with that and Arthur from 15 in a turn rather easily. So I I like this version because it can end games reasonably fast.
0: Yeah, I can see that for sure. So one of the other things that we did too is once we opened up all of our booster boxes, we wanted to establish kind of a main deck. And then we wanted to make some fun ones on the side with just whatever combos we could. So what other ones are you playing?
1: The other deck I'm playing is sapphire steel items. Of
0: course, you're trying to make that items go.
1: (laughs) So I think there are a lot of tools to make it good. I'm not totally sure steel's the right color. It probably should be ruby because be prepared is just a lot stronger of an effect as opposed to grab your swords mm-hmm. and tinkerbell yeah so yeah i i probably should be playing ruby just because be prepared is the most important card in this deck because you're so slow you're trying to win the game on turn 25 or whatever so yeah you, you really need that kind of a sweeper and if your opponent plays a 5-5 five, five character you don't have good means to beat it so mm-hmm. Yeah, if I was going to take that to a tournament, I would definitely add Ruby to it. But it is a lot of fun. You draw a ton of cards, and because you have a whole new world in your deck, you can just do really powerful things that other decks can't do because with Bell and Fishbone Quill, you just add so much ink to your Inkwell. Yeah. So you get more ink. You draw more cards than your opponent, and yeah, that lets you do some ridiculous stuff. But I still think ruby is probably the the color that would pair with it best.
0: I will give you this because I know you've been really wanting to make that item stack work since set one. I will say that I feel like set two has made that dream closer for you. There have definitely been some cards like popsicle, Flaversham, all of those that have made that type of archetype. A, a little stronger. There have been times that you and I have played each other where it, there have been a couple moments where I'm like, Oh my gosh, is he gonna have this? Like, because if you get long enough into the game, you can start to surpass and then really run away with it. But it's just a matter of dragging it out long enough for you to get all of your engines running. So it has some legs.
1: Yeah, like, it's it's tough because you can't you don't have any good characters to challenge your opponents early threats, so you kind of fall behind on board and then if you don't have like a flaversham then you're not going to out card draw them quickly enough and if you don't have the quilt or bell you're usually not going to get enough ink quickly so there's a lot of moving parts with it but because flaversham and popsicle exist now it is a lot more consistent and a lot more viable It's probably still just missing some uh, key pieces though. For sure. Which is probably why I need to add Ruby to it instead.
0: Yeah, I think making that change is going to make a difference and I'll be interested to see how it plays out when you convert it over.
1: Yeah, more mass removal, but I'm kind of scared of having just like a bunch of removal and a bunch of ramp, but not having a whole new world to draw a bunch of cards so that I can do the really powerful things that that specific card lets you do. Yeah. But yeah, Dana, what have you been uh, playing?
0: So obviously Emerald, of course, but instead of Amethyst, like I did set one, I've been exploring Sapphire. So using the cards that are more for ramping into my Emerald characters. So of course I'm playing Belle Archer because I love her so much. And then I also added Ray in there. We have the new Emerald Dr. Facilier that has Evasive. And then Daisy Duck Secret Agent. So all of these pretty powerful five and up cost cards that I can ramp into. And I've been really enjoying the ramp. I slept on it set one. And I wish I would have tried to explore it a little bit more. But I'm glad that I'm there now. Do I think it is... A color combo that is going to be super competitive. No, but I'm having fun with it. Yeah, (laughs) the most important thing. Yeah, and we can talk about later if we were to go to any upcoming tournaments what we would bring. But I don't think I would do Sapphire. It's not bad. Like, I definitely win games with it. And it is nice and aggressive. But I still am finding myself in the same predicament as I did set one where I don't really have a lot of powerful cards that, help out with challenging threats that might come on the board. And I know that we talked about with our beat down episode, recognizing like your deck's role. And obviously I like to play aggressive, but when that moment comes where I need to flip and then become the control, I don't have any answers. So I don't have anything to protect myself if I do get the flip.
1: Yeah, it's like if you fall behind, you don't really have the tools to catch back up just because that is not what emerald is very good at i mean you would have some hades in this version of the deck right yeah i do which is yep which is really good at that because it provides you board presence while taking away your opponent's board presence but that is one seven cost character and that's just like the best card at that job for what you what your deck wants to do and it's just unfortunate
0: that, I can only run four. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the <laughs> only
1: card that does that.
0: Right, um,
1: right. Maybe some John Silvers could potentially do that. or the Which I do have. Yeah, or the Doctor Faciliator. But those are also six and seven cost characters yeah. Like for this aggressive deck. If you can, you want to be in position to leverage those to win the game, not come back when you're behind.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing that I currently have is... I'm using the Baby Cogsworth and the Grandfather Cogsworth. I originally thought of doing, like, the Baby Aurora with Dreaming Guardian, so I can give my characters Ward as well. But I wanted to try out Cogsworth for a little bit, and I think... I, I don't mind it. I think I might try to just go back and experiment with those two. I think that would be the only swap. And luckily, they're the same inking and ink cost anyway. Like, it's not like I'm having to consider... A difference in my uninkables or anything like that. So that might be one thing that I, I would consider changing. But
1: yeah, I think if I think if you were to make that change, we could like I actually think Cogsworth is probably the better one. Yeah. And he's been kind of annoying to play against so far. I think in order to really maximize his use, we probably need to play a few more cheaper things. That way, his resistability has more impact on the game. Yeah. Like you can spread more characters out on the board, so it has a more profound impact, but I definitely think Cogsworth is has been pretty good. What's uh what's a card that's maybe surprised you or you thought would be better or you thought would be maybe not as good as it is?
0: Um I think as weird as it is with him just being kind of like, I don't want to say boring, because he's not boring, but just a straight evasive character, having Ray, Ray. that's actually been, I thought it was just going to, I don't know, I thought he was going to be a good fit, but I've actually been able to run away with games with him, so that's been actually pretty nice. I It surprises me how well he has done for me in this deck, so...
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. I know there's definitely times where I have the mini-surfer. Yeah. Right? And she's a 1-3 evasive character. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get so much lore out of her. And then you just play a Ray. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to be able to quest with this card. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Ray has, is, Ray's a legit threat. And the fact that he's inkable has... You you just don't have a lot of good five-cost inkable characters in Emerald, right? Right. We did talk
0: about that in our set review.
1: All of the really powerful ones are uninkable, which kind of hinders Emerald as a color, but I think Ray being inkable might mean he's actually one of the
0: best. He's sneakily good. And some other decks I'm playing. So, I mean, granted, we didn't actually open up copies of all of the powerful ones. So we did proxy some of the ones I'm getting ready to read off, but we did that just to kind of experiment what decks we might want to play and what cards we might want to play before we actually buy the singles. So as I read this off, keep in mind, we don't actually own like eight copies of Beast Tragic Hero. We definitely proxied them. (laughs) Um, So also made a almost monochrome steel deck, with a splash of like two emerald cards. So we kind of came up with like the name You Want Some Emerald With That Steel because it's just like practically steel. Definitely playing the Cinderella with her shift, playing Tragic Hero, playing Giant Tink with the shift, have Benja in there. That's been interesting for sure. And then... My little splash of emerald. I have four Cuscos, four Beast Relentless. and well, we
1: also added Cheshire Cats to your deck, right?
0: Yes, we did do that. I forgot what we had taken out in order to replace it, but yes, we did add. Yeah. the The Cheshire's, which I was really excited about. I was looking forward to the Cheshire's, and I thought it was going to be in, like my main deck, quote unquote. And so I was a little disappointed when I was making that Emerald Sapphire and I really didn't find a good place for the Cheshire. Yeah. So I'm glad that we are able to incorporate it into this Steel Emerald deck.
1: Yeah. How does this deck play out?
0: I actually see it's it's a little bit different for me to get used to because I'm, I'm used to being the aggressive where I just throw cards down and kind of with that like deal with it, find a way to deal with it attitude. So having Steel is taking some getting used to playing because now I'm having to consider to be more of the, like, control.
1: Yeah, you're more reactive.
0: It's very interesting. I'm liking it so far, and I think that's why I could see myself doing Emerald Steel as well. So that's TBD. Well, we're still experimenting with it. I don't think I've gotten as many games with it as I have with the Emerald Sapphire, but it's definitely intriguing. Um, I like the resist. It's, you know, I, I almost didn't see it being hard to deal with at first, but seeing it play out and how it gets that resist per challenger, it's better than I thought it was going to be. It's definitely living up to the hype of people really kind of talking about how annoying it is to deal with
1: yeah against other steel decks it's just ridiculously annoying because a lot of their cards just (laughs) don't do anything to your resist characters Mm -hmm. they can't grab your swords because your characters have resist one or resist two it just has such a less impact on the game now obviously against ruby it doesn't do anything because Mm -hmm. that's not what be prepared cares about but yeah, definitely in the Steel Mirrors, it's really good. So I've played with that deck a little bit yeah. of years, Dana, and I really I really enjoyed it. It's like a control deck, but it also has like this combo finish with Beast Relentless mm-hmm. where you're just firing off, grab your swords and fire the cannons, or maybe pinging other characters with Hans or Robin Hood, and you can just build up that lore so quickly. It's so much fun. So I, I like that deck, too.
0: For sure. It, I will say it has been kind of satisfying. I have gone through competing all of set one where people have just grab your swords and big tinked my my little Emerald Amethyst deck. So it's nice to like, it's satisfying to be able to be the Do one that bad. does it.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Um, and then a third one that I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I kind of just want to do this tribal thing. So I did a emerald amber royalty deck. So I put in the Duke and then put all of my characters as queens, kings, princes, and princesses. And it's a little bit more fun and better than I thought it was going to be. It is pretty strong to have that Queen Commanding Presence shift on turn two. And I also have Mufasa that's been pretty good. And a little bit of the like Prince John and Sudden Chill with like the discard type of... It's been... I kind of like it. Mm -hmm. Do I think it is good enough to bring to a tournament? Probably not. But I have won games with it. So I do think it isn't entirely sucky.
1: Yeah it can definitely have some really good draws especially the Prince John discard draws are really strong and then sometimes you just play a queen on turn two shifted and that's really powerful as well.
0: Yeah and even have the bellhead and archers in there too so that's more of the discard. Yeah it's it's fun. I mean Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to continue to play it and I'll probably have that as, like, a side deck to play at League, so I'm not just playing the same deck over and over again. Like, I might want to... If I want to switch things up my next match or something, it'll be... It's nice to to have some fun with, you know?
1: <clears throat> yep, similar options.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I forgot, did you make a third deck, or did you just have the two? I just had the two. I got a little crazy with mine. I couldn't decide. <laughs> okay. <So I> was... <laughs> um, well, speaking of... Competing and everything like that. This past weekend, there was actually a 1K tournament with 52 players. It was the Tier 1 Games tournament.
1: Yeah, this was a pretty sweet tournament. The winning deck was Emerald Steel. So, Dana, I'm sure you're super excited to hear
0: that. Yeah, it definitely excites me because I had a sneaking suspicion that if I were to want to have a really good competitive Emerald deck, that steel is probably the way to go for my supplemental color. Now, looking at the deck list, the cards that they are playing are quite different than the steel emerald deck that I would have probably put together. I think really, if we're just looking at the characters, the main ones that are the same, of course, Beast Tragic Hero. I mean, that's the best card in the set. Prince John, I also had Big Tink, Little Tink, those as well. I think I had Benja in mine as well. But aside from that, they have Bucky, Donald Duck Perfect Gentleman, the Flynn Rider Shifts, the Snake Jafar. And so those have been pretty interesting to see in that kind of deck. Something that they're also playing that I'm not is Hypnotize and Improvise and Strength of a Raging Fire. So those are all pretty interesting cards that I would consider also doing. I know it would obviously be different play style. I mean, we're obviously this isn't considered like an aggro deck like I like to play, but it's definitely within the colors that I would be comfortable with knowing how to kind of play those cards. And then I would just have to get used to control type of play style.
1: Yeah, I actually love this deck. I think it is very well built and it looks really, really good. Yeah, this, this deck actually looks awesome. So you have some really powerful curves of Bucky into Prince John into like any of your four-cost shift characters. You have Flynn Reiner, Donald Duck, and Jafar. And you're getting really far ahead on cards. I think Bucky is going to be a really strong card anyway, honestly. You have some good removal of Smash and Strength of Rage and Fire grab your swords, fire the cannons, and then you're also playing Beast Tragic Hero, which is my pick for the best card in the set. I think this deck has a lot going on for it. It has some really explosive draws. Yeah, so I'm I'm liking the look of this. This deck went undefeated in that tournament as well. I think it was like 14-0, so crazy good result.
0: Yeah, they split the top four, but it was stated that this one pretty much went undefeated, so... Definitely interesting to see a non-Steel Song and a non-Ruby Amethyst deck do well in a tournament this big. So pretty Absolutely. Exciting. And then, of course, we do have those decks as well. Uh, also in the top four, there were two Ruby Amethyst decks and then one Amber Ruby, which I know that you're kind of gravitating towards as well as a potential duck to be competitive with.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think playing Mufasa's with Lady Tremaine, Maleficent, Stitch Carefree Surfer, and Big Snow White, as well as Stitch Rockstar, and the Queen, all these really powerful shift characters. That is a really interesting way to go. You're playing a ramp deck, essentially, without blue, which I kind of like the idea of. Mm -hmm. This is just a super mid-rangey deck. I would probably change some things just because I think I would want access to Be Prepared.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, looking at this deck list, the only non-character you have is Lantern. Like, you don't even have Be Prepared.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how or what, what cuts I would make so far to make room for that. Maybe two Queen of Hearts and maybe the two Mini Mouse. I kind of like the docks in this deck just because they help you power out those really strong five-cost cards eternally, like Maui and the Queen if you're not shifting it. So yeah, I would just try to find room for Be Prepared, but other than that, I think this deck Looks like something I'd really like to play.
0: Yeah, it's like you said, it's definitely hard to see what you would cut because it's a pretty strong deck as it is.
1: Yeah, it looks really good.
0: And then of course, what is playing to be prepared is the Ruby Amethyst decks. So all of the Ruby decks in the top four... Because I noticed it in the Amber Ruby that we just talked about. They're playing that Lady Tremaine shift, which is really good. And the two Ruby Amethyst decks, of course, you're keeping in Maui. Um, they're playing Teeth and Ambitions. But one of the decks is playing that Pinocchio that you really like. And the other one isn't. What do you think about that?
1: So Pinocchio, this Pinocchio is kind of interesting. It essentially a- exerts a character whenever you play it and that makes cards like Maui a lot better and it makes cards like Madame Mim uh, Fox a lot better because you can play it then instantly challenge a smaller character with one of your bigger characters which then in turn makes Lady Tremaine a little bit better because if you're able to challenge their less important characters more easily Lady Tremaine essentially gets rid of one of their bigger characters more important characters without having to challenge it. Mm -hmm. Also, it's another two-cost card that is really efficient to bounce with Madam Mim. Both Madam Mims, really, just because, like, just being able to repeat and use that to kind of mow down your opponent's ready characters. The turns they play them means that they're not getting the quest out of it, which is really strong. So yeah, I like that one a lot. It also works really well with Crab Merlin in the sense that you can use Pinocchio to trade up with a bigger character when it would otherwise have a less impactful board presence. Yeah. So I've been trying out one of these. I think I might go to two. I've been just having the hardest time figuring out what to cut for it. But I think it has turned out to be pretty a pretty big role player in these decks.
0: Mm-hmm. And so if you're interested in seeing any of these top four deck lists that we just talked about, our friends over on Twitter, Lorcona Goons, actually shared these from this past weekend. And so either you could go to their page or if you go to ours, we have it retweeted. So... Check it out and let us know what you think. And if you're also interested in the decks that we talked about personally making, we will share the Dreamborn links for those deck lists in the description of this episode. So feel free to check those out as well. And yeah, if you see anything that you find interesting or that you want to discuss, Dalton will probably want to talk to you about that. Always. (laughs) I just, uh, (laughs) he loves... He loves creating decks and figuring out how they kind of fit together like puzzle pieces. I just go along for the ride and try to have a good time. <laughs> so <laughs> just pick out cards that I really want to play. I'm pretty sure the Emerald Steel deck that I put together, I have Cusco in it. And I'm pretty sure you're like, now, do you, how much do you really want Cusco? And I was like, nah, I got to have them. Sorry, (laughs) even if you feel like it doesn't fit. So I'm just I'm just here to play the characters I enjoy playing. So but yeah, Dalton loves talking about building decks and why certain cards should go in there and why certain cards should not. So he'll talk to you about that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Anytime.
0: All right. And so there's actually a big upcoming tournament coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, this weekend we have the SCG Con Cincinnati, a big old tournament tournament. In Cincinnati, there's actually going to be two by the looks of it. There's going to be a 2K and a 1K. It being an SCG-ran tournament means it's probably going to have quite the crowd to both events, so that's really exciting.
0: Sad we can't go.
1: I know, I know. It is very sad we can't go, but that's okay. What do you think the metagame is going to look like, Dana?
0: Oh, you know, I think we're going to continue to see... Well, we're going to see the Ruby Amethyst bounce control decks. Yeah. I also anticipate we'll see the Steel Songs do pretty well. Even though a Steel Song didn't finish top four in the tournament we just talked about, I anticipate possibly seeing it in this upcoming tournament.
1: Yeah, it was just such a strong deck before, and it got even more tools in the second set. Right.
0: I mean, you have... A huge addition to this deck archetype with Cinderella Ballroom Sensation. I mean, if you're a Steel Song, you're already going to want to have singers. And she's an extremely good singer for that type of deck. I also think we might see some with Sleepy's Flute.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And I don't know. The deck that we just talked about, that Amber Ruby deck, had Mufasa in there. Do you think that a Steel Song deck would also play Mufasa? Or do you feel like that doesn't really fit...
1: So I don't think Mufasa is going to fit in those decks just because you're playing so many songs or you might be playing Sleepy's Flutes that Mufasa is not going to flip up a character too often when it is banished. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to hold it back. I do think we'll definitely see some queens in those decks. Oh, for sure. Um, We have a bunch of new songs that make the deck much more consistent and powerful, especially because that was the like the annoying part with Ariel mm-hmm. is that sometimes you would just whiff on a song and now it's really hard to do that because you have like eight more songs you want to play. Yeah. So she's a lot and some more of them consistent. Are pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah. Strength
0: of a Raging Fire. Like that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Or
1: let the Storm Rage On. Yeah. They're they're both good. So yeah. yeah. Uh what else do you think is gonna see play?
0: I hope to see more Emerald.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: it probably isn't sorry, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say I definitely think that there's gonna be some Emerald Steel decks, just like the one we talked about.
0: Like a discard like type a, of
1: like a discard deck, but I also yeah. think there's gonna be some crazy person, this would be me, potentially, would is probably gonna bring the Beast Relentless kind of deck and you know, just if I think if someone figures that deck out and how to appropriately build that and play that, I think that deck has a lot of upside because you can win pretty quickly in one or two turns.
0: Mhm. What else do you think we might see? Do you think do you think we would see an item deck?
1: <laughs> I think What's it's that? possible. I think it's possible.
0: <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying
1: there's a chance. I'm not saying it's gonna perform well, but I think uh a, some people might might bring that deck. Yeah. And I mean, that was like the most popular deck at the very beginning of the format because it has just a lot of powerful stuff going on, so I think someone will probably end up bringing that. I just don't know if it's going to be the most consistent deck for however many rounds this tournament ends up being.
0: Yeah, for sure. We might be surprised.
1: Might be. I hope I am.
0: So if we were to go, Mm
1: -hmm. what
0: deck would you bring?
1: I, so I really like the look of that Emerald Steel Discard deck.
0: Don't you steal my (laughs) Emerald.
1: But I would probably go with ruby amethyst yeah you I can't think, resist I, I think it's just the most consistent it's really powerful the addition of madam mims and the merlins just give you so much late game on such cheap characters yeah as well as madam mims are just so big for their cost
0: it's kind of ridiculous i'm a yeah. little i'm a little jealous
1: yeah madam mim just makes rafiki look like ish, <laughs> like it wasn't even a good card in the first set. <laughs> like it never even existed. Like it never <laughs> even existed. It's it's crazy how much better that card is. I mean, it's inkable. It has one more strength, so it trades into Cusco, mm-hmm. and it also got Lady Tremaine and Teeth and Ambitions. There are just so many good cards for this deck, and I would be diligently working on what I think would be the best build for sure. Dana, what would you bring?
0: Oh, you know Emerald something. Uh, Emerald something, Emerald something. I think if I want to have a really good chance, Emerald Steel. But like I said, if I'm just going to have a good time, probably Emerald Sapphire, because I'm really enjoying the whole ramp up into my bigger characters. But if I'm being honest with myself, probably Emerald Steel.
1: Do you think you would go with that discard deck or something different?
0: I think I might do something different. I think... Somewhat similar. Just can't get away from Cuzco Canyon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I definitely foresee still using Beast Tragic Hero. I could see myself doing Prince John as well, but I think I'd try to focus more on the characters like Doctor Facilier and Ray, and more of those aggressive cards, and then using like my steel cards to kind of. Uh, flip the switch and control when I need to control and when I don't really have the ability to be aggressive in that moment. So probably a little, little something of that. I don't know.
1: If you could pick one card that you think is going to perform really well, that uh, is a little off the radar, what would you think it would be?
0: Honestly, I feel like I could see the Snow White card do really well. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I knew this card was going to be decent, but I feel like it's going to be one of those that is kind of sneakily good. Like not everyone might play her in an Amber deck, but I think when we do see her that she would perform well.
1: Yeah, I think the two cost Snow White just being a generically good two cost character with, you know, that upside of having that healing ability means that shifting this on turn four is really strong and a lot going to happen a lot more common. And this thing seems like it can just dominate the board when it's in place. So I think that's a really good call, Dana.
0: Thanks. What card do you feel like would be kind of sneakily good?
1: All right. So I'm going to pick one that I really haven't seen have too much, re haven't had too many results. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Tiana Celebrating Princess.
0: Because, you know, I feel like when that card got revealed, there was so much hype around her.
1: Mm -hmm. And everybody was
0: like, oh, this is is a good card. But she's not getting as much play in every steel deck as I thought she was going to get. I mean, I don't have her in mine.
1: Yeah, I don't think she goes in every single steel deck, but I do believe that there will be some you know, some Stitch Rockstar-based deck mm-hmm. that can really take advantage. And I know Stitch Rockstar kind of doesn't work because you don't want to have any cards in your hand, but it is also the kind of deck where you just flood the board out with characters and then Tiana could also just be the last threat you play. You don't have any cards in your hand at that point. And uh, your opponent has a really hard time interacting with your board. So I definitely think there's some applications there.
0: And that resist, too, is just, well... She
1: she is incredibly hard to take off the board unless you are a specific Maui. Mm -hmm. But uh, most characters really do have a hard time challenging this, especially when you uh, have bodyguards in the mix as well. So yeah, I think there's definitely some potential with this one and i'm just kind of shooting my shot hoping someone figures it out yeah all right dana this was a fun episode it was it was i'm really excited to talk about the results of of this coming weekend with you
0: me too i really hope emerald does well so if you're going to that tournament with an emerald deck good luck to you (laughs) as a as a fellow emerald player
1: Let's go ruby amethyst. Whatever. Uh, I know people won't <laughs> like that, but <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> okay. we'll
0: uh we'll definitely talk about the results from this upcoming weekend, next week, and I hope we have some surprises.
1: I do too. I I do too. I really don't want the meta game just to be the same three decks every single tournament. Yeah. Um that's kind of what it ended up being uh in the first set which I mean, you only have one set's worth of cards, so you expect the game to kind of get figured out, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but yeah, I, I really hope we have some diversity in the second set.
0: Do you feel like we would see a monochrome? Not yet, no. Do you feel like set three, or we would need to be way further than that?
1: I don't think we will see that until there are specific cards in your deck that benefit from it. What do you mean? Maybe if there's a card that's like, if you have five other steel characters in play, it gets some kind of big bonus. I mm-hmm. I don't know, but there's there's really no reason to because there's no drawback to having a second color. Uh, you're just missing out on a potential other colors most powerful cards. That's so, true. So I I just don't see the the benefit right now.
0: Could you ever see yourself being a monochrome down the line, or do you like the diversity of having two colors?
1: I mean, I like having the diversity of two colors. In fact, I would guess that they print cards that should go in specific two-color combinations. Like Magic does. Like Magic does, yeah. Before they print cards that are good specifically for one color. Mm. Just a color by itself. So yeah, I think that about wraps up our episode. Dana, do you have any parting thoughts?
0: I feel like we covered it all
1: all right that's all she wrote that's all she wrote just like ti said (laughs) all right everybody have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you next week